Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Keep Right on a Birmingham City podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. I'm Brian Dick and I'm joined here today, mere hours after last night's entertaining 3-2 defeat to Leicester City by our Blues reporter Alex Picking. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, good afternoon. Um, well, it is technically afternoon, Brian, but yeah, uh, good morning and thanks everyone for uh, for joining us uh, on... It was a, it was a, it was one of those nights, wasn't it, Brian? Really, I suppose. If we're going to get into it straight away, one of those where Blues actually did a lot right, but ended up on the wrong side of a of an entertaining five goal thriller. Um, I was quietly encouraged. I think that's the that's what I took away from it. Um, I guess it was probably the same for you. Uh, ish, yeah. I uh, just want to say um, we could have we're not live, so we p- potentially could have brushed over that small error by me. But uh, thank you for j- drawing everyone's attention to it. Um, yeah, <laughs> was I encouraged? Um, I mean, there there are aspects that were encouraging. Yeah, um, I, I would say I was slightly alarmed with the ease that with with which Leicester cut through Blues, uh, obviously on the counter attack, um, and the lack of sort of lack of input or action from the sideline in into do, doing anything about it 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 just felt like blues was there for the slicing for you know half an hour 40 minutes uh and i i, I thought potentially there was a little bit of passivity or a lack of solutions coming coming from the sideline or or am i just being harsh were Leicester just that good um would it would it would it have been would it have been Absolutely criminal for Blues to have dropped their defensive line by, you know, drop the drop down the pitch, drop down the pitch by ten meters. Uh, go on, what do you think? No, I I think that the the line and the the way Blue set up, um, in terms of, you know, pressing high in in Leicester's half, I think that's a that's a non-negotiable for Rooney. I think he's compromised on some things. The playing out from the back being being the main one. I just don't think he's gonna he's gonna let that that one go. I think he wants Blues to to condense the play. He wants them to push forward. He wants them to be on the front foot. I don't think any of us expected that against Leicester. I thought we we all thought Blues had revert the type and and drop back naturally because of the quality of player Leicester have got. But um, I was pleasantly surprised that it was Blues who were the aggressors for large periods of that game and playing in Leicester's half. But the, the problem is when you play a team like Leicester, when you make basic mistakes and, you know, the three goals Blues considered were very basic um, against players of such quality, you know, they're all Premier League players, really, let's be honest. 
um, you're gonna you're gonna lose a game. You can't. You're not gonna score four against a team like that. You know, Blues did well to score two, so they need to sharpen up defensively. But I think they've got the makings of a, of a good team there now. Yeah, I I suppose. If they're not as far up the pitch, JJ doesn't get into the box twice, does he? He's outside the box and, and then you don't score the two goals. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm prepared to accept that. Uh, I, th- I think with the first goal, uh, yeah, probably, you know, the, the, the setup, uh, the defensive setup for the, for the counter attack was, was clearly errant. Um, but, uh, and, and then the, the second one, just seeing Dewsbury Hall. I mean, he looked like Usain Bolt, didn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, yeah. I, I've I've always thought that Mark Roberts was was one of the faster centre backs around. Um, mm. Maybe not on the turn, but he's a big guy and and he cover, He's always covered ground quite quickly. He's sort mm. of eaten up the ground with a, with a long stride. Dion but, too. Yeah, but Dewsbury Hall uh, just flew past him, didn't they? You, you know, by, by the time by the time he got to, he got to the penalty area. Um, you know, and we can again. We can look at Ruddy's Ruddy's decision to come quite out out quite so far there. By the time he got to the penalty area, he'd actually left Roberts and Sanderson in his wake, hadn't he? So you know, you it's just you you made the reference about them being Premier League players. That they're certainly a higher grade of athlete, aren't they? Uh, I, th- I think that's fair to say. Yeah, Dewsbury Hall's probably the best ball carrying midfielder I've seen this season by some distance. Yeah. Um, I thought he was excellent in the first half in taking the game away from Blues. Um, that goal, it shouldn't happen, should it? I mean, you shouldn't get a, a, a running midfielder going straight through the middle of the two centre-backs to collect a pass and then bear straight down onto the goalkeeper. I'm not sure I'm ready for both the first goals because um, he's, you know... It's it's the odds are stacked against him, aren't they? I suppose when a player's when a player's running through, um, he's got to come out. He's got to make the angles smaller. Um, but in doing that against quality players, you give them the option in Mavadivi's case to lob it over you, or in Dewsbury Hall's case to take it around you. That's what good players yeah. do. Um, they're calm under pressure. Um, the, the third goal actually annoyed me more, to be honest, because that was when. Blues had obviously just regrouped at halftime after a spell of Leicester pressure before the break. We're beginning to get on the ball again. And Christian Bielik has just passed it into Patson Dacker. He just hit hit a ball at him. And, and next thing you know, they're turning it over. Uh, two passes. And Mavadidi's in again. And he's a he's a he's an excellent player. He's a Premier League player. He's not gonna gonna miss those opportunities if you keep presenting them to him. Um so that one frustrated me more, especially because of the timing of it. It's sapped all the life out of Blues. But there were a lot of a lot of positives defensively. At times, it was abject. Yeah. What were the positives then, Alex? Because I, I you know, I, I came away as I said at the start. I came away frustrated at, at the lack mm-hmm. at the lack of solutions. So, what what were the main positives for you? The fat blues were able to go toe to toe with that team for large periods was a big positive for me. Did um, they go? To, did they go toe to toe though, or? Or, you know, less, less, um, am I imagining things and saying that Leicester could have scored five or six? Oh, don't get me wrong. They could, have, they could have scored more goals. They're a very good team. They're going to create chances. One of the most positive facts I've been able to, stats I've been able to find, is that only four teams have had more possession against Leicester this season in a match. Those four teams all lost as well, by the way. It's not just Blues. Yeah. Um, but Blues had 41% of the ball. Not many teams do that against Leicester. Endo Maresca admitted after the game that that they don't like counter-attacking, but, you know, at times it's the only option and they've got the players to do that. They've got quality, quality players. Um, you know, Mavadidi 
Fato were absolutely lightning on the counter-attack. The first goal was ridiculous. The first goal, by the way, was an absolute freak, wasn't it? I mean, for a, for a, for James Justin to hit the post with such force that he sets up a Leicester counter-attack where they've got two players running at one, um, <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Don't get me wrong. I think there should be more than just Steven Sunjic back there. There should probably be two players. But that's the way it panned out. That's the attacking front-footed style that Rooney wants to implement. Um, I saw, like I said, I saw I saw good things last night. The way Blues played through the thirds, the first goal, very impressive. That was a that was a proper passing move from back to front, work down the right to Dembele, nice ball across Sunjic. The intricacy uh, of that pass from, from Sunjic as well into James inside the box, great turn, finish. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was very, actually really impressive. I've not seen him do many things like that. Um and also the second goal, I don't get me wrong, Miyoshi's undercooked the pass slightly to to JJ, but they worked it up there quite nicely. And then JJ's made the most of a of a bad pass um with a little deflection. But you know, they didn't don't get me wrong, they weren't, you know, absolutely banging on the door. And I would say Leicester had greater control of the game. Um, but when you look at the players Leicester have got, Blues aren't gonna face another team like that this season. You know, Leeds have got good players, Southampton have got good players, as we've seen, but not to that extent. Um, you know, the front three of Leicester, the midfield of Leicester, as we spoke about before the game, Dewsbury mm. Hall and Didi. And Didi and Didi was actually the worst midfielder. And, you know, yeah. three, three, two, three years ago, when Leicester had finished in fifth and sixth in the Premier League, we're looking at him and saying that's a £60 million midfielder. Um, Harry Winks, absolutely outstanding in what he does. I think Mareska said after the game that he's their most important player. I would say Blues, if they didn't go toe to toe, they were very close to going toe to toe. You know, I, I was I was encouraged. I was encouraged by that that they were able to to pass their way through Leicester. I was also encouraged by the energy, the determination of the team. Um, I highlighted something in the first goal. I know I said earlier it was a freak goal, but the the sheer effort that some of the players are putting in to get back uh, to try and prevent Mavadidi from scoring oh, and Dembele. the counter attack. Yeah, Dembele's flying yeah. back, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was there was four or five of them. Um, so yeah, um, that encouraged me. That's that's a team that are playing for their manager. Okay, maybe I've just got my black hat on today. Then potentially, <laughs> um, yeah. Let's okay. Let, I thought Bakuna's diagonal for the second goal to Miyoshi. And Miyoshi's first touch was mm. as we as we've come to ex- expect sublime. Um, just want to talk about the first Leicester goal. Sorry, we're sort of jumping about a, li- a little bit here, aren't we? Um, you mentioned that some of the some of the players are flying back, and and indeed they are. One of them who isn't flying back is is Emmanuel Ivy, and we'll, I think we're going to come on to him a little bit later. Um, you know, it's a it, it's a jog. May he's deep. Let's be fair; he is deep in the um, in the Leicester penalty area. Um, the the ball's cannoned back out, out of the penalty area, and presumably he thinks I'm not going. to, Whatever happens, I'm not getting there because mm. you, you know it. it it was, as I said, it was just a jog, and I, I, th- I think as a professional footballer, you've got you've got to bust a gut to get back there, haven't you? Because you never know what might happen. There might be two deflections, really, might produce a save. You just might break two, and you can you can hack it clear or something like that. So yeah, I wasn't massively impressed with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, that obviously the the main positive was JJ. I mean, we've mm. we've talked we've talked about him growing a lot, haven't we, on this podcast in, in the last two or three weeks, um, and it. You know, he said that he prefers being six, and Rooney's played him as an eight, and and he's still been Blues' best player by by some distance, um, and scored two goals. The, the 
the first goal is a really neat finish and the, and the second goal is just a testament to his energy to to get into that box in the, in that late late stage of the game um so yeah huge huge kudos to jj on that one um yeah I, as you say we're not going to be playing leicester every, every week uh, i don't think leicester leicester you look at look at what leicester have got you, you know they if we say that the, the most important position in modern football now is is the number six role, that that, mm. that that defensive playmaker, Leicester went out and spent was it eight million on Harry Winks, who was an in England international for for the championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, might even have been ten million actually thinking about it. Yeah, um, not many, not many clubs can do that. I would say, I wouldn't say that they are, you know, absolutely head and shoulders above anything we've seen in the championship. I think a couple of years back to the Fulham team that absolutely destroyed Blues mm. uh, with, with 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 Harry Wilson and Tom Kearney and Mitrovic and, and players like that. You, you know, that it's not unusual to have an absolute mass, a huge front runner and favourite in the championship. But, you know, Leicester are on record pace. So I suppose that speaks to as much about their, where they are in this particular version of the championship as anything. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, you know, it, it's pretty testament to how well Ipswich have done in that they've they've managed to really keep pace yeah. with them over the first uh the first half of the season. And you said you've said many times that Ipswich are the outlier, aren't they, at the top? Um but still, you know, I think it's thirteen, twelve or thirteen points that Leicester are ahead of third place. So, you yeah. know, inevitably that conversation is gonna be had probably definitely not by us, but by other people further down the line, pundits and things about a Leicester the best championship team ever. It happens every time a team like this is in the league and does so well, they're gonna get promoted. Um Monday was probably a free hit for Blues. Blues came out of it came out of it with a little bit of credit. Um probably could have got more another night if things went better defensively and they, they managed to stop those counter-attacks and didn't didn't shoot themselves in the foot. But yeah, um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, one thing that you mentioned there that I want to kind of switch around to a Blues perspective is Harry Winks and how influential he was for Leicester. Christian Bielik, Blues number six. Um, let's face it, he's had, he's had a number of teething issues since Wayne Rooney came in. He's probably been the player... Alongside Sanderson, although Sanderson has picked up quite a lot in the last two games, I think, um, especially at Cardiff, who's Felix struggled to to adapt to the new way of playing and, and found things difficult at times, having been so imperious under under Eustace previously. The the his performance, especially in possession, it wasn't great at Cardiff, but he he made up for it with his positioning and the quality of his of his interceptions and 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 his play in general in front of the back too. But against against Leicester on Monday, I, I thought he was so poor. You know, in the first half, he he kept giving the ball away, and then there was that moment after half time. And as soon as he gave that that ball away in midfield, and Leicester sprung, you could see Rooney turn around, look at his bench, absolutely in disbelief and uh, frustrated. Um, speaking to Rooney after the match, he mentioned he said that he, you know at half time his, his his message to the players was we need to get control of this game midfield. Uh, otherwise, they're going to kill us. And, and lo and behold, four or five minutes after half time, Leicester get that crucial goal. Felix, um, an interesting one. I've had a lot of questions. We're going to come on to the questions from supporters later on, but I've had a lot of questions about him and his suitability to Rooney's system. I think we've mentioned a number of times because he's obviously a very good player. He was one of the best players in the previous system. He's technically, you know, he has shown at times that he can be a good player. 
that, that he should theoretically be able to fit in, Brian. But at the moment, it's just not happening, is it? Yeah, and I'm not sure why, really. I, I wonder if it's because he's the team, the whole team's further up the pitch. Mm. Then, then he, you know, he feels vulnerable with what's having so much space behind him. Um, yeah, maybe maybe other opposition teams have sort of smelled blood in the water uh, when Belix in possession and maybe press him a, with a bit more conviction. Um, yeah, I can't put my finger on it because I remember when uh, when Rooney first came, Belix Belix gave the f- interview in the uh, in the match program, didn't he? In, in Blues News, mm. uh, and uh, you know your eyes lit up with what sounded like a veiled swipe. <laughs> A, pre, a, a previous re, a previous regime, um, you know, saying saying that I oh, will get to play a bit more football now, and and you would and you would think, well, go on then, Christian, go and do it, and mm. it's 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 looking ill fitting at the moment, isn't it? He's good. He's a good footballer. I, I'm I'm struggling to put my finger on it. Is it is it an an athleticism issue or a conf, a confidence issue? I don't know. What do you think? Maybe a combination of both. I think, you know, we look at Bielik and I think one of the things that we both really like about him is that, you know, he's he's six foot four. In front of the two central defenders, he mops up so much aerially as well as yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Uh, his positional play is very, very good in that in that in that respect. And you know, you don't often see that from the stand so much. You know, you have to kind of watch things back to see that. I think um he's one of those players that's probably not massively appreciated by supporters, but by his teammates, you know, he is. Um, I think a lot of fans do obviously rate him highly. We were all chuffed when he came back in the summer. Mm. Um, but I suppose physically, he's not the most mobile player in the world. When the ball does get turned over, he struggles. He struggles to get back into position. That's not through a lack of effort. I think some fans criticised him for the first goal at Coventry. Um, you know, I've seen a change in him since. that I don't think... That's been an issue. It definitely was an issue against Leicester. He his effort was there. Um, you see, he was one of the players for that first goal when when Fato and and uh, Mavadidi are running away from from the defence that was absolutely charging back. Um, it's just clearly a, a technical issue. Um, he's got to obviously adapt to the way he really wants to play, but at the moment he just it's just not working. Um, I'd be interested actually to see whether he keeps his place at Plymouth because, um, you know, Rooney rarely, you know, Felix a player who's rarely hooked um, and Rooney has done it a few times. Now he's taken him off and brought someone else on. So he did it again against Leicester. So that tells you that he's not quite happy with his performance levels. Yeah, what I would say, uh, just looking at some some stats here, um, of, of all the players that have played meaningful game time, um his his past completion rate is eighty three point two percent. So, mm. you know, only only um, Keshi Anderson, you know, has not played for some weeks. Uh, is and Belix played three times as many minutes as Keshi Anderson. Keshi Anderson's higher. Dion Sanderson is higher. Ivu is higher. But then you'd say that Ivu and Sanderson are playing simpler balls, aren't they, to another defender? Mm. Uh, yeah. So 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 you know, Belix ball possession percentage is pretty good uh, and you know i think we i think we saw that he can play the defense split, splitting passes against cardiff didn't he when when he mm. sent jay, jay stansfield away so yeah I, I don't i as i said i'm scratching my head to to explain why he appears to be struggling sometimes um because you know if if he if he recovers and bees 
if he recovers and becomes the player that we know he can be, then he's clearly in Blues' blessed 11. Yeah, he is 100%. Um, Bielik is is one of the players coming on to our next point uh, that has taken some stick from uh, from former Blues captain Troy Deeney during his Sky Sports appearances against against Leicester and previously against Coventry. Um, I think you wanted to highlight something that Deeney said in his uh, yeah. analysis last night. Yeah, so Troy was obviously doing the um, the the he was a pundit op- doing the games for Sky last night. Um, it was very interesting in, in many ways. I particularly liked his little exchange with Sanson at the start of the game um, when he asked him about uh, whether he was needing a smaller armband because he, the captain's armband was very big last last season, presumably making reference to his, his large biceps or something. Um, but yeah, so deep, right, right there. Yeah, exactly, yes. <laughs> that's why, that's why they, we get paid the big dollars. Um, yeah, so um, Deanie mentioned at the end of the game that uh, some, of, some of the lads are leaning on the manager as an excuse. Um, now, we, I, I, I'm thinking... F- from that, I'm I'm inferring from that, and if and if I'm I'm incorrect in what I'm inferring, then it's you know not not done with any agenda. I'm inferring that there's sort of mixed messages. He, he's he's suggesting that there's mixed messaging. Are are we playing or aren't we playing? Or you know for out out from the back. Uh, and I'd I'd just be interested to to know who he thinks was using the manager as, as an excuse. I think I'd probably exonerate most people if i'm honest you know the 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 we've we've just talked about belik now the fact that he's criticized belik in the past um you know you may you may be thinking you know is 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 belik not not doing what's being asked um i wonder you know if he, if he's making reference to to some of the some of the playing out whether they are playing out or whether they're not playing out and 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 that was a something that surprised me a little bit last night Alex, was there quite a lot of playing out from the back? Yeah, um, there was. The, and uh, you know, I was surprised at that, and I was thinking, well, are we still doing this, or are we not doing this now, or are we doing this sometimes? And you know, can you shed shed any light on on what Rooney's instructions in those circumstances are? Um, basically, he he's emphasising the importance of of uh, decision making and game management. Basically, he's quite comfortable with the players doing it when they're absolutely certain that it's going to pay off. Um, he said that, you know, we can't just keep doing it constantly, you know, even when we're under pressure, like Man City, for example, do it. You know, they'll do it every single opportunity because they've got the quality players to do that. He says we haven't got the... He acknowledges Blues haven't got the quality players to do that. So um, he's leaving it up to them to make those decisions on the pitch. Um, that's on them. When they feel they can do it, they can do it. But... Uh, a specific tactic they've been using in the last couple of games, and they did do it a little bit last night, is to hit Levy Cannon for the long balls on goal kicks. Mm. Um, he's played obviously a little bit higher up than Emmanuel Ivo has been playing on the on the right side to to kind of create a bit of a, a lopsided back three um, when Blues have the ball. But that's that's purely a on the players to decide when to play out and when not to. Um, I think you could, as we could all see watching the game, when's a good time to play it and when's not to, I suppose. But um, mm. yeah, I don't, I don't think Blues did it that badly against Leicester. I thought it was actually okay. A lot of the time, there were a few, a few occasions where they gave the ball away needlessly. I can think of uh, when John really tried to do a quick throw, actually through the middle of the pitch to Sariki Dembele, who was coming in from the left. I think he was at the time. 
Um, and Dembele has just not got anywhere near it. He's been beaten to the ball and Leicester have, have turned it over and they're in Blues' final third, you know, mm. within seconds. So there needs to be, you know, some accountability on on the players who are doing its part. I mean, Rudy's a good example. I think he looks so rusty at times when he does it. Um, I know when shortly after Rooney came in, I spoke to John Rudy after the Middlesbrough game and uh, mentioned how Rooney likes his goalkeepers to play. And John Rudy basically made the point that my sweeper-keeper actions are up there with the best in the league. Uh, it's not something I'm new to. Um, but I do think he's, he's one of the players, especially when the ball's on the floor. I think he's very good with his distribution at his hands, but when the ball's normally. Uh, but when the ball's on the floor, um, short passing, especially under pressure, I do think John Rudy struggles a bit. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, uh, it was just interesting to hear some of the pundits refer to a little bit of mixed messaging, uh, yeah. and 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 Deeney suggests that they, if the, kind kind of sort of endorsing the suggestion, I think it was made by um, Joby McEnough that there is mixed messaging and that some of the players are using that as an excuse. So, yeah, that 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 was an interesting point for me. Um, I suppose what we have to recognise, we're 11 games into Rooney's tenure now, aren't we? And what we have to recognise is that some of those games have been been difficult. You know, Middlesbrough away, they'd just turned form as his first game. They'd just mm. turned their form around, hadn't they? They were going in on, yeah. a, on a, run, a run of wins. Ipswich at home, obviously we know what Ipswich are this season. Uh, Leicester, um, Southampton away. You, you know, half, at least, let's say half of those games have been challenging fixtures haven't they and mm. we're now about to enter a run of if there is such a thing in a championship heavy inverted commas less challenging or more inviting or less um ominous fixtures aren't we so what, what have we got coming up over the um over the christmas period winnable games brian winnable games. <laughs> um, so we can approach them with no fear <laughs> so uh three games before the turn of the year plymouth away on saturday uh stoke city on boxing day and bristol city on december 29th um plymouth 16th in the league form wise win draw loss win loss win from the last six so three wins now i'm going to do that for the next one uh stoke city <laughs> form wise four defeats two draws from the last six uh bristol city form wise two wins three defeats one draw from the last six so two of those teams stoke and bristol city not in amazing form especially stoke uh who at the time of writing or at the time of writing at the time of podcasting uh are still managerless, aren't they? Although they may be about to uh, to nab Plymouth's manager, Stephen Schumacher. Um, but irrespective of that, yeah, uh, Plymouth away feels like a difficult game to me. I'll be honest about that one, Brian. They were a very impressive side at St Andrews early this season. Blues and Plymouth have got identical records in the league. Plymouth are marginally better goal difference. I think going to home park, it's going to be packed out just before Christmas is actually quite a daunting task. It will be difficult, uh, Schumacher or no Schumacher. I think mm. at some po some point in the next ten days, Blues will Blues will face a Stephen Schumacher side. Now, whether yeah. that whether that is on on Saturday in Devon or on Boxing Day at home um, remains to be seen. This probably not worth point talking too much about it because by the time, mm. by the time this comes out, we'll, we'll already know. But yeah, Plymouth. Um, just for those that don't know, Plymouth came up as League One champions last season. They won 20 of their 23 home matches in League One. Um, so uh, they, I think there's only two teams that have won more home matches in the entirety of 2023 than, than Plymouth. Um, 
and it, it's going to be difficult. What I would say is that um, they were they needed a ninety a, a, a winner six minutes into added time to break a three two tie with uh, with with Rotherham on Saturday to break a two two tie with Rotherham on Saturday to win three to, three two in the end. Um, so yes, if they've lost their manager, then it could be a good time to uh, to, to play Plymouth. But um, yeah, I mean that. That's difficult. What what they are is they're creative. They've got wide players, Barley Barley Mumba and Morgan Whitaker, who are a real threat. Um, and we, we, as you absolutely rightly said, we saw that at St Andrews, didn't we? You know, they they really did um, cut Blues to pieces at times there. And I thought Blues were lucky to draw. Never mind score a a late winner through Jay Stansfield, mm. if I'm honest. So yeah, that 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 will be a tough one. Stoke seem a bit lost to me. Yeah, uh, they seem to be going around in circles a little bit. Um, they've had huge recruit, recruitment drive in the summer from all over all over the world, not just all over Europe. And uh, Alex Neil hasn't been wasn't able to find the best combination. Uh, and yes, they picked up a draw at Albion in their last game, a commendable draw because Albion are going well. But they seem to be a little bit going round in circles. And if it is Schumacher that's, that's, that takes over there. Will he have? Will he have had enough time to, to, uh, to organise them and to you know to to get get them taking steps forward? Mm. Yeah, Bristol City are another one, aren't they? I suppose with uh, a new coach, Liam Manning, gone down that route of of getting a highly rated young coach in. Um, their results have been very mixed. They beat Middlesbrough, you know, which is a an impressive task, although impressive feat, although their their form has, has dipped slightly recently. Uh, but they've they've also lost, you know, three of the last five as well. So, you know, they can be got out of St Andrews. Um, I wanted to actually do a, a points prediction, Brian. I hate doing these things because they'll always bite us. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna actually be positive and say seven points from those three matches. I think the tide has turned. Okay, well, we did this a couple of games ago, and you said seven from five games, um, as did I. To be fair, um, so sorry, my laptop's telling me that it needs to restart. Um, yeah, um, seven. So seven from three games. So you probably drawing away at home park and beating Stoke I'm, and Bristol City. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm going for a win at home park. Right. Okay. I'm. I was. I was convinced that. After watching Plymouth in uh, in August, that this would be a a game Blues would end up losing in December. But you know, now after the last two games, last two performances, don't get me wrong. As we've mentioned, there are things to improve upon. You know, the Leicester match, but um, I fancy Blues together and get a result. I think they've okay. got enough quality. Um, and I'm not sure which of the 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 other two Christmas games and Andrews Blues will slip up and only draw in, but. Maybe the new manager bounce for Stoke when it doesn't inevitably happen because a guy will be in place by by that match surely probably mm. Stephen Schumacher so um, maybe that one but I, I fancy Blues to get seven points in those three games and that'll pro- inevitably you know be wrong um, but but yeah that's what I'm going to go with. Okay, I can't get to seven I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think my upper limit is five, uh, a win and two draws. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, we're talking two wins in 11 so far, and you're saying two wins in the next three. Um, it's turn, Brian. It's turn, I'm it's telling turn. you. Okay, all right. <laughs> the nut. Have you been got at, Alex? <laughs> probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, good. I, I hope you're right. Good. Yeah. 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 I, I, okay. I, will, I will take that. All right. We'll, uh, we'll move on from that um, to avoid a disagreement. Uh, questions, questions, questions. I had a fair few coming this week, a few along uh, a similar theme. Um, so we've we've picked out three questions. Uh, Going to start with with Chris Wood, get a lot of transfer questions. Uh, if we could strengthen just one position in January, what would you prioritise? I think we need attention in most areas, but a centre-back that can play how Wayne really wants now seems a priority to me. Um, Brian? I'd sign Chris Wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think he's that Chris Wood, but no, yeah, he'd no, be a good player. <laughs> I, I don't think the Forest fans are enjoying him at the moment. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. Two months ago, you would not have said centre back, would you? But long, long still mm. injured. Oh, got serious misgivings over Ivy um, Roberts. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind Roberts to be fair. Although you know he was a little bit exposed last night. Is it the main priority? Um, I still think to make it all tick, I'd like a a hand picked Rooney central midfielder for me. Um, now. I'm probably going to have to go away and, and think who that might be. I really like Dan, Dan Barlasser at, at Middlesbrough. Um, but, the, you know, the prospect of Middlesbrough selling him to Blues is probably non-existent. Mm-hmm. But just as a player I like, I, I, I like Dan Barlasser at Middlesbrough. So that kind of Bielik type player. Um, yeah. But, uh, yes, yeah, so I think, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd say it's, it starts with a six for me, I think. Yeah, I think there are three positions two actually two positions that are really important to the way he really wants to play the main one i think is the six um and the other is the goalkeeper i don't think blues are going to change the goalkeeper in in january they've got two experienced goalkeepers um out of contract in the summer so it makes sense to do it then doesn't it? if you want to change yeah. that that department uh a number six definitely um sunyich and bielik i don't think have shown in the in the rooney's 11 games that they you know, might not have the quality to do it long term. I think the jury's probably still out on Bielik for that. Uh, we'll give him another chance. He's had a few chances. So we'll give him another chance because we know what what quality he has. Um, the one we always talk about, striker. I actually now don't think that's as pressing. Um, you know, it'd be nice if Blues could get a striker because let's face it, in the summer they're going to probably be down to zero strikers, aren't they? If you think yeah. about it, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stansfield's going back, Djokovic and Hogan out of contract. Um, I suppose Tyler Roberts the only the only potential striker on the books, and even he's probably more a number ten. So um, I, I agree with you, um, a midfielder. I'm not going to mention a name because we're going to come on to it in the takes. The one I I think could be a an option, but um, yeah. Moving on, uh, Alex Hans, um, seemingly starting to click for a lot of players and this system. Players like Ruddy, Ivor and Bielik still struggling. Can Rooney accommodate Bielik in his best role as it's a waste, otherwise due to his quality? Also, do we have to buy Ivor as he would really be a waste at three million? Let's get um, the let's get the Ivo side of that out first. That's yes. a bit to deal with. Yeah, so uh Ivo, I was told in the summer is an option. Uh, they can take it any time during the course of the loan agreement. I think Blues did confirm that as well, actually, that it's a, it's an option, not an obligation. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of option it is because sometimes there can be appearances and things involved that trigger things. So, um, yeah, he's only played, he's not played a great deal of games so far. So I don't think we'll be close to that yet. But um, 
but yeah, I was told it's an option, so it's in Blue's hands whether they want to sign him. Um, okay, Brian, with with Ivo, do you see it working? Because I know he's a I know he's a young, very inexperienced defender, really. Especially you know he's not played in England before. It's a new country, a new way of playing. Um, he's going to be twenty three on Christmas Day, so he's young. But I've just seen you know, I look at Sanderson next to him, who's only just turned twenty four, and don't get me wrong, Sanderson's not been perfect over the last two months, but he's so much more polished than I've in my eyes. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I, I'm not going to call time on it. It's, the guy's had 10 games. The guy's had 10 games, uh, yeah. and he, he's in a new competition. Uh, probably, I don't know if he would admit whether it's a competition which the pace and the physicality and maybe even the quality at times, certainly last night, would have, would have surprised him. Because Mavadidi had him had him on toast, didn't, didn't he last night? Um, it looked really, really uncomfortable for for Ivo, and I, and I think I think he lost faith in his ability to deal with Mavadidi, which meant he was backing off um, for fear of being taken on the outside. And then Mavadidi just picked his spot, didn't he, for that for that third goal? Um, so it, it it was as comprehensive a one sided battle as I've seen since Solly March taught. Jonathan Grounds a, a thing or two down at Brighton many years ago, so you know it was it was really one sided. That said, I won't throw the um, won't call time on the experiment just yet. Um, Ten games in, young player. I think there have there has been some positives. I thought the first mm-hmm. couple of games at right back were actually okay, didn't you? Yeah, he played he played well at, at Cardiff. I thought really well, best performance yeah. by a mile. He should have scored, but best performance by a mile. Um, it the others convince, doesn't convince me as a centre back yet. No. I, I have to say, and that's the problem because he's not going to be a right back, is he? Long term, no, um, no, not with Laird so, and, and whatever happens with Cody Drama. So yeah, there's a lot of work yeah. to do there. If you're looking at Blues four centre backs when they're all fit, he's probably the one I'm, I'm least confident in. Um, yeah. But Wayne Rooney seems seems quite high on him in terms of he's picked him consistently. I know the last couple of weeks he hasn't had much choice other than to play him. Um, but even after that, you know, disastrous performance at Blackburn, he still kept his place in the eleven. So he obviously sees something in him, um, and he's trying to develop him, and that's his job, isn't it? So, um, yeah, like you, I want I want to give it a bit more time, but um, I've been I've been frustrated more than anything with his performances because you know we saw what he could do against Cardiff. So you want to see it more consistently, but that's really if I think about it. The only game I've been actually quite impressed that in that he's played. I thought he was okay on his debut at Southampton, but nothing, nothing mm. majorly good. Um, others, I think he struggled, and he's always looked like he's got a, a mistake in him. Um, so yeah, the jury's still out on him for sure. Final, so, final, sorry. final question. Sorry, go on, Brian. Uh, yeah, Alex was just mentioning. Uh, he, he he mentioned about uh, Bielik as well, still struggling. Oh uh, yes. Can can Rooney accommodate Bielik? I mean, in theory, yes. Uh, Alex, I, I get your point that it's not happening at the moment, but in theory, yes, he should be able to because Bielik's an international footballer, for heaven's sake, and you know, I don't think he's being asked to do anything that's so outlandishly beyond his skill set that it, that it, that it couldn't work. Um, it's just a question of good management from Rooney and application, and you know, maybe maybe a little bit of being receptive to coaching from Bielik. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, final question from Steve Paul. Do you guys expect bids for JJ? Um, this uh, Saved by the Bell. 
Um, <laughs> this is uh, this is an interesting one for me because I was probably one of the people uh, a couple of months ago when John Hughes was still in charge that couldn't really see a role uh, for JJ and the team. I couldn't see where he fitted in or what he was kind of bringing to the table. And I think as somebody pointed out to me on um, on Twitter after the Leicester game, he's probably not exceptional at anything, um, but he's very good at most things. He's a, he's a good, competent finisher when he gets into those positions and he's getting more into now that he's playing as a number eight rather than a number six. He's quite tidy on the ball in the way that he takes it from defenders and turns and plays forward. Uh, Rooney really, really likes that. Um and he's also got a fairly decent engine on him. He can get from from box to box. So um, I think he's a player that's that's good at most things. And I don't think think there's any real considerable weakness that he's got to his game. So um, I think we're all right to be excited about him in the way that that Blues are playing and how he fits into this system. He's been by far the most impressive player in Rooney's eleven games. So um, long may continue. Uh, with regards to to bids um there's been a lot of talk about interest in jj for probably 18 months now from from a number of teams some in the premier league some in italy i think leicester was one of them when they're in the premier league as well so it's nothing nothing new um you can't stop bids can you i suppose and clubs will be more inclined to make bids now that jj is playing playing well in the championship and looking like a very good player at this level um but the good thing now i think is that he completely believes in the way Rooney is playing and his role, he sees his role in the team now. Um, I know he would have been frustrated with with how it played out under under use at the start of this season in that he played every preseason game as one of the best players and then was taken out the 11 for the opening day and couldn't get back in really. I think he made one start in the league before uh, before Rooney pitched up. So um, he's really enjoying his football. So long may it continue. And if, if bids do come in, which, you know, no one at the club can stop, then hopefully, you know, JJ sees a place for him at Blues and sees his future here now because I think he's going to be crucial to the way the way Blues are going forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think in these situations, it's always worth looking at um, what's left on a contract as well. Now, JJ mm. signed, signed a new contract last July, I think it was, uh, July 2022, um, and he's got a deal which runs to 2025 with, a year of, uh, with an option year is it in it as well so effectively two and a half years uh you would think that about 18 months left on a contract you start getting agents start maybe drip feeding stories out there i don't think we're at that stage with with, with jj yet what i would say is his progress has merited merited probably you know i have no idea what he's on at the moment but his success with wales and and, and starting to become more assertive under rooney his success would potentially you know, make people around him and potentially even Blues think, well, you know, he might might be worth e- even a bit more now. And mm-hmm. at, at that point, hopefully his current deal has got a, a significant release fee in it. Um, if Blues do renegotiate in the light of pro- pro- recent progress, then you'd certainly want that to be a part of it. But as, as you say, I'd, I'd be really surprised if... Listen, listen, we're kidding ourselves if, if we're thinking that any functional recruitment department in the top two divisions doesn't know who Jordan, Jordan James is. Mm. He's, an in, he's an international footballer. Um, so, yeah, I think there will be interest in him. Now, whether interest materialises in, into a, you know, here's a take it or leave it £15 million offer or whether it's just a, a phone call, it, you know, is JJ, would you be willing to talk about JJ? You know, interest covers a, a multitude of bases, doesn't it? But yeah, every, every everyone will know 
about Jordan James in, in the top two divisions. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, on to the takes. Uh, John Morell, I hope I've pronounced that correctly, uh, regular contributor. Um, I'm not a Rooney fan by any stretch, but you can see the signs of things starting to click. Where do you see Blues trying to strengthen this side? For me, I didn't think midfield was an issue, but I can see why there is supposed interest in Max Bird at Derby. Um, surely a forward is up is, is top two. Uh, we, we touched on transfers earlier, but the Max Bird thing, I think, is quite interesting. Um, a player I picked out who may fit the Rooney system, I think, a month or two ago. Um, had him at Derby, spoke very, very highly of him not just in terms of his technical quali- uh, technical qualities, but also how he is uh, at the training ground, how he is away from the pitch, doing extras after training, you know, and his mentality. Rooney was really, really big on him. Um, player who can play in that sixth role or slightly more advanced than eight. So, um, yeah, I th- he's only 23 as well. Got good experience in the championship, good experience in League One, having dropped down with Derby over the last two seasons. Um, I think he's out of contract at the end of this season as well. So potentially a cut price deal to be done there. Um, you know, Rooney will probably have to fight Liam Rossini at Hull City if he does want him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the idea of, of Max Bird. Um, I think he, he'd add something to the, the system Rooney's got here. Yeah, what, what Derby will have is they will have a decision to make in January because I think there will be interest. And and I think even Paul Warren's actually gone on the record and said they are expecting interest in him in January. Uh, now, they'll they'll have the decision, decision of whether they want to try and eke a little bit of value out in terms of a transfer fee rather than just letting it run down at the end, at the end of the season. Um, they, I'm pretty confident from what, what I hear from our Derby County guy, Lee Curtis, is that they, they will, if they haven't already offered him an ear in Cachonet, mm. A new deal as well so um yeah you know in the in the way that um in the way that buchanan has has looked a really good player i think max bird having come through at derby i think max bird is you know is is, is a good shout there as well so yeah in, interest interesting name that one alex mm. uh final take from uh, from andy Pugh. another transfer one uh, a bit of a theme uh, a sense about good in the air with a lot more mobility is needed to play next to Sanderson long term. For what it's worth, I think Robbo has done well since coming in, but he's too slow to play in a high line press system. Nice to see some progress, though, in the last two games, particularly at Cardiff. Brian? Uh yeah, what's coming across in these takes is, and, and what you've said is, everyone is a bit more positive than me about about the last couple of games. Uh, so you know, maybe I'll go back and rewatch rewatch last night's game again. Um, Cardiff was definitely a step forward. I, I agree. It was as close to ninety minutes. You know, not perfect. We're not saying it was perfect, but that was as close to ninety minutes as as we've had under under Rooney so far. Um, yeah, um, yeah, Roberts. I mean, Roberts got taken to the cleaners by Keen and Dewsbury Hall, didn't he? We, 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 we've just said that. And on the turn, you, you know, he's, he's, been, he's been asked to turn and run back towards his own goal yeah. from the centre circle. It didn't look comfortable, I, w- I will agree. Um, I think where he was previously, I mean, he's getting on now, we have to remember that as well. I think previously where he was quite quick was coming out to cover, gra- cover ground down, down the inside left and inside right channels, you know, out to, out to the flanks. Um, he's 33, so obviously Blues are going to be, uh, and, and Kevin Long's in his 30s as well. Obviously, Blues are going to be looking at another centre back, and 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 that centre back is key to the way 
Rooney wants to play, and they should start looking for that centre back in January. If they, presumably they already have as well. So yeah, I I, I can't disagree with with any of those comments really uh, from Andy. I, th- I think centre back is is an important position, and and like like centre forward, one where the options will be depleted in the summer. Yeah, it is. I think. Blues probably need to strengthen all down that spine, don't they? Goalkeeper, centre-back, centre-mid, as we mentioned, and obviously striker, because they're going to have no options in the summer. So, so yeah, a lot of work to do. Um, but that, that was why Bruno was brought in what, three months before the before the January transfer window started, so he could get some ideas into the recruitment team and um, and focus on which players to bring in. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, John and Andy, your, uh, your concerns are addressed. Um, I think that's it, Brian. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm going to go away and uh, change out my Grinch outfit, and, uh, and and have some happy juice, and um, and hopefully, hopefully there'll be seven points from the next three games. Definitely will be. Uh, thanks everyone <laughs> for uh, for listening, and you can obviously get this on Spotify, all your podcast channels, and and uh, also on YouTube now. So um, so yeah, if you want to want to see our faces, head over there. Thanks everyone. 